MacGyver right now? Oh yeah, we're in MacGyver land. What are we doing here? Where, where are we on the beach? Where the hell are we? I want my pina colada. Seriously, man, give me a mai tai. I'm Ooh. all about it. Yeah, I got sand in my thong, David. <laughs> oh baby, I got sand up inside of my thong parts. Oh my gosh! Welcome to Mullets and Memories, everybody. I am your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. Today. <laughs> Greg and I have a treat for you. Uh, we'll be talking about um, episode 86, which is season five, episode three, The Black Corsage. Mm. Um, now, before we get into that, Greg, I uh, want to apologize to our listeners. Um, we started off really strong with the season five premiere. We were in it. like We were like all gung-ho for season five. And then everyone in my house got sick, <laughs> and we had to bail on the week because you couldn't afford to get sick because you started a new job. Oh, shut up. Sorry. It's true. Anyway, I, was, yeah, I don't, don't want to get sick. No, and I understood that. But yeah, everyone, I should say, shouldn't say everyone, two out of the four of us got pretty sick in our house. And I was I was in the thick of it. I was making sure everybody was okay. And it was rough. But I didn't end up getting it. And, and our oldest daughter, Lucy, didn't end up getting sick. But the rest of the house, we were. It was, a, it was a rough week. So, And it just happened to hit Tuesday into Wednesday right before our recording night. Mm. So I told Greg, I was like, don't even bother coming in here. So... We recorded that little special episode you guys heard on Tuesday. It was swell. It was pretty fun. But I, uh, I felt, um, I really felt well represented. <laughs> did, did you really? I did. <laughs> Good. Um, but I, I have to say, I don't like missing a week because we've been doing this so consistently. It throws me off. Oh, it, th- it ruins my week. I get really sad if I miss a week because I'm like, I just like not only because we've now watched these two episodes. Um, over a week ago hmm. because it's really hard for our memories to kick back in but also just because like i like watching these episodes every week i like watching two a week so like we watched these two a week and a half ago and then i watched nothing yeah so i just feel like now we've not that we've lost the rhythm mm-hmm. but i definitely feel off when we miss a week uh so i'm glad we're back i'm glad you're back i'm glad uh, Thank you everyone and everyone in my house is <sighs> is feeling better this week so I think we're ready to get into that, but before we do, uh, as we had discussed in the season premiere, uh, Greg and I are, are doing this new thing during the show where we talk about like uh, movies. Anytime we've seen a movie that happens to have uh, not maybe a principal actor, but also a guest actor in the series, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to chat about it for a few minutes. So now I, I found one. It's from 1980. It's a very, um, very obscure Walt Disney picture called The Last Flight of Noah's Ark. Have you ever <laughs> yeah. heard of this movie? No. Okay, it's got like Elliot Gould, uh, Ricky Schroeder when he was like really, really young. Mm-hmm. And the basic premise is he is a pilot. Elliot Gould is a pilot on the run from like a bookie because yeah. he owes them tons and tons of money. So he has to like find out a way to, he's got to figure out how he's going to get the money. Mm-hmm. So he gets on this flight with this woman who is... Um, She's like a missionary, and she's delivering all these animals to an island. Yeah, okay. And so that's where the Noah's Ark thing comes in. So like they put all these animals on the plane, and the two kids stow away, and the plane takes off, and then they end up getting off course, and they crash land on this island that just so happens to be inhabited by two men who still think the Korean War is happening, <laughs> and they're hiding out <sighs> in the woods. They built this hut. It was a re- it was a pretty. I mean, for the eighties, it was what you would expect. Like everything gets tied up very neatly. So yeah. The actor that was in this that ended up showing up near, he's only in about 15 minutes, the very beginning. His name is it's Dana Alcar, was yeah. up, our good old Pete. Oh. Basically, he plays a character named Benchley, who's the bookie looking. Benchley? Benchley, who's the bookie looking for the money. His name is Mr. Benchley. He's the guy who comes into Elliot Gould's apartment in the very beginning. He's like, where's my money? It's like the scene in Big Lebowski. Like, where's the fucking money, shithead? But obviously it's a G-rated Disney movie, so he's just like trying to get the money, and like they end up beating the shit out of Elliot Gould. 
and <laughs> so he's in like 10 to 15 minutes of the opening and that's it but he's it's basically it's five years pre-MacGyver but it's basically like right. watching Pete Thornton try to play a bookie <laughs> because he's trying to get money from one of the one of his guys that's pretty fun. It was fun. I mean, I <clears throat> probably could have shut it off after that, but it was uh, it was a good movie. I, mm. I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting seeing Dana Elkhart in something other than this, since we've now watched him do this for five years. Oh yeah. So it was interesting to see him, but yeah, he's basically I think he's the one. He's a one note. Um, I've never seen him <laughs> in anything else, so I hope that I'm proven wrong if I ever see something that he does again. Um, what did you watch that that had somebody else in it? So I watched uh, this weekend. I I watched the movie called Inner Space from, I believe, 1988, 87. Is that the one with Dennis Quaid? Yeah, starring Dennis Quaid, Martin Short, and Meg Ryan. Um, they were the main characters, yep. pretty much. So yep. um, basically, it's a story of um, Dennis Quaid, Tuck Pendleton. Yes. Who's right. kind of oh my God, that's right. Washed out, uh, I guess, career Navy pilot or something like that. Gets this crazy job, basically, where they, they've developed this shrink device shrink him down and going to put him inside of a rabbit so he can drive around and make sure that this process works. <laughs> right. But instead, he gets put inside a Martin Short via oh, his I love this ass. Movie. And <laughs> not like in his ass, but stabbed into his ass like with an a acci- syringe. Like an accidental syringe yeah, stabbing. Yeah, all this stuff back and forth. Um, and there are people after Martin Short now because yep. it's got Tuck Pendleton and the shrink ray and all this shit inside of right. Martin Short's body. Yep. Anywho, the character that... Um, was of interest to me was Mr. Igo, played by none other than Vernon Wells, who has been in a lot, uh, two MacGyver episodes so far. Yeah. Uh, he played Kaplan. Catler, Catlin, Catlin in the first season. In the heist. In the heist. And another, the guy that owned the winery that was smuggling I can't jewels, remember his name, but then I don't remember where, the episode. Was where it? Pete pretended to be the German buyer of these stolen jewels. Anywho, yeah. Yeah. I recognized him because of his jawline. It's the best. Um, and one thing particular about this character, Mr. Igo, yeah. is that he didn't say anything. He oh, had, really? He had no lines <laughs> in the entire film. And that he had a, a detachable hand that could, <laughs> that could either be a gun or a flamethrower or anything else. I hate movies like that where you see a guy you know and you're like, you're waiting for this moment, like you're like waiting for the big moment on them and they're like, you don't, they don't fucking talk. Right. The last movie I saw where that happened was Dave Batista. <laughs> Okay, he plays Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, yeah. He was supposed he played like this like head honcho, like this head henchman in Spectre, mm-hmm. the uh the James Bond movie. Yeah. He has one line and it's one word. And then spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it, dies. <laughs> <laughs> I think. But I was like, really? That's it? Yeah. And then he's gone. And I hate I hate when that happens. It was yeah. So it, it, I, he he didn't ha- his character really had no nothing to say anyway. He was just supposed to look like an imposing presence. Yeah, he's kind of goofy, but it Maybe. was great. It was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you remember, okay, anybody seen Kentucky Fried Movie? <laughs> yes. Um uh the the guy in the in the fistful of yen, I forget the the clan, the guy's name with the f- detachable hand. Oh, yeah, I can't remember his name though. I know what you're talking about. He though. had all the different attachments. It was just like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, what do you say? Should we get into it? Con Cron I don't remember. Anyway, yes. It's been a long time let's since Let's get I've up inside of this episode. All right, let's get into it. Season 5, Episode 3, The Black Corsage. So, we open up with that Cajun Jamaican music we hear in the car. It's a car wash. And we see this, like, old school classic truck being washed. And we don't, we see, you know, we hear the music. And we see MacGyver, like, he's waiting outside. And we see the truck come out of the car wash. And this guy gets out of the truck and he's got, like, dreadlocks, he's got sunglasses, and he's like, Hey, MacGyver, what kind of a car are you driving here? This is a piece of... Tr- it's a hunk of junk. No woman is going to love this kind of car. <laughs> God, what are you doing? That's, that's my best Jamaican accent. Uh, excellent. Spot on. <laughs> and his name is... So this guy's name is Chauncey. <laughs> Apparently, he knows who MacGyver is. He's got, like, uh, car wash coveralls and this huge hair. Yeah. And so MacGyver's like, no, 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 I'm not getting rid of this car. This belonged to my grandfather. I'm not going to do that. And Chauncey's like, well, I'll buy it from you because you're never going to attract any women in this car. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is his. It is. It is. Um. 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 It's Harry, Grandpa Harry's car, but it's it's the same model truck, but it's been completely repainted. Right. Yeah, he redid the. It's, that's what I said. Wow. He re- okay. He redid the whole truck. He's I like, just caught that. This belonged to my grandfather, and Chauncey's like, yeah, well, it's a piece of shit. 
I'll buy it off you because no woman is going to ever look at you when you're in this car. And MacGyver's like, uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not selling this. And as the scene's going on, we see this woman walk by and she turns around and she goes, hey, nice car. And MacGyver like gives the woman a once over and Chauncey mm-hmm. just like shrugs his shoulders. And I, I want to make a point. So this is when that woman walks by with the music and the dress that she was wearing and MacGyver's shirt and his hair. This is the first glimpse that we can see of the 90s coming up over the hill. Oh, yes. The music. Oh, my God. I'm like, yep, 1990, right around the corner. It literally is right around the corner because this episode aired October 89. So we're mm. we're like six to eight weeks away. Yeah, like these kind of like weird laser bright colors are starting to pop up. The pastels are starting to right. transition into this more like super hyper crazy color. Yeah. So we never see Chauncey again. And we cut, we cut to uh, a woman named Sophia Parker, and she's walking her dog Frog. What? She's walking her dog Frog. Wait, her dog's a frog. Her dog's name is Frog. Wait, how do why do you name a dog Frog, Dave? I don't know. She's Bulgarian. <laughs> that's, well, that's does, that, just, does that help? No, it doesn't. Frog, frog is a bulldog. Frog is a bulldog. So she's walking this guy. This, bullfrog. This, this bullfrog. 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 That's there why she is. did it. That is exactly why she did it. Um, so she's walking her dog at a park and basically she's walking the dog and the dog runs away and like takes off into another end of the park uh-huh. and she tries to catch up after the dog and we kind of like the camera pans over to these three guys like meeting inside the park. Their names are three more names for you, Greg. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Deegan. Deegan. Reynolds. Reynolds. And March. And March. Deegan's Deegan Reynolds is the one. March. Deegan's the one we need to focus on because he becomes the main antagonist of the of the episode. Let's uh, let's talk about before she finds Deegan Reynolds rap in March. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about the music that was playing while Frog was running away because uh, it, it comes up again. But we hear this for most of the time that Frog is running. Oh, I'm gonna go get that doggy dog. You come back here, doggy. I'll go get you, doggy. <laughs> And so it comes up. Whoa, nope, nope. It comes up again at probably the most inopportune time in the episode, and we'll we'll probably play it again. So we cut to Deegan, March, and Reynolds, and they're inside the park. And Deegan pulls this letter out of his out of his breast pocket, and it's from another guy. His name is Sims, and the letter says that each one of these men has a piece of a map, and each of these pieces of the map, when put together, will lead them to the spot in this park where the Black Corsage is hidden. Oh, boy. Now, we don't know what the Black Corsage is yet, but we know that it's now hidden there. And so Deegan and March, they look at Reynolds, and he pulls out, Reynolds pulls out his last piece of the map, and Deegan pulls his gun out on Reynolds mm-hmm. to basically take that piece of the map away from him because they're going to tr- they're gonna try to kill Reynolds mm-hmm. so they can keep whatever they get for this uh, Black Corsage for themselves. So Deegan starts running. Because he mm-hmm. knows what's about to happen, and he get, not Deegan Reynolds. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start doing it now. <laughs> so Reynolds starts running because he knows what's about to happen to him. But he's shot by Deegan. I think he gets like hit in the shoulder. He gets shot like in the back, kind of to the point that he falls over but doesn't die. Right, and he stumbles into a carousel, which is off. Right, like so it's not running because the park is. Let's just say the whole park is closed for yeah. business. Right, and so they're just wandering. So he stumbles into the he stumbles into the carousel and then kind of like kind of writes himself again and starts running away again. But then he stumbles into Sophia, who's looking for Frog, and he's like grasping at Sophia, and he's trying to like get himself up. But what he does is he, without Deegan and March seeing him, takes the map piece out of his pocket and then like shoves it into Sophia's pocket. Right. And then he runs away. Does he run away? Yeah, he runs, but he doesn't get very far. Oh, right. Yes, he made it. He left. Right. So well, Sophia runs out of the park and for some reason, is forced to leave Frog behind, and so leaves Frog leashed to the gate of well, the park. Frog ran off and like ran into the park, but got all tangled up on the gate into, like with his leash because he was dragging it, and he like ran back, ran in circles, and basically wrapped himself up into the gate. So that's why she was there for so long. She was trying to untangle him. Oh, okay. So right. she ends up having to leave him there. Because these guys fi- figured that she... I don't know, might have been a contact or something, but she just stumbled on this place. Right. So she ran out of fear. Right. So she runs and Reynolds collapses and Deegan and March find Reynolds and they kind of like search him, but they don't find the map piece. And so then they kind of deduce that 
he put that map piece on Sophia. Mm-hmm. So now they have to find Sophia. And now I don't think we don't see Reynolds again for the rest of the episode, and we don't actually see anything happen to him. Yeah. So we assume that he has died from his bullet wound. Yeah, they don't really. He's just gone. He got shot in the back or in the stomach right. or something, and went off and curled up like in a little ball, <laughs> and then poof. Because they just le- because they leave, and the next thing we see, we see them a little ways down um, after after Sophia makes her her emergency phone call to Pete's private line. So, <laughs> so right, right. So this is weird. At this point, do we know who Sophia is or why? We she's don't know right? who Sophia is. Okay, so Sophia, nice looking girl walking this dog. Does you can tell doesn't really speak English very well. Right. Um. Yeah. The first thing she does is run to a payphone. And calls Pete Thornton on the red phone. And identifies herself at to Pete as Dolphin. It's Dolphin. I need help. Yeah. And she's like, I, yeah, I, need, I need help. Please help me. And Pete's like, kind of like having Dolphin, a- tell me where you are. Dolphin, where are you? Dolphin. <laughs> I am at the park. We'll be right there. And she drops the phone because Deegan arrives and fires the gun off at her. Right. Like, right? And yeah, so she exactly. just drops the phone and it starts dangling and she runs, but in the meantime ends up dropping her purse- Mm-hmm. Before she leaves, so Deegan shows up. He picks up the phone and he hears Pete like just saying, "Dolphin, yeah. Dolphin, where, you, where did you go? Dolphin, are you there? Dolphin, this is Pete's <clears throat> safe word. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> oh, I just, oh god, Dolphin, Dolphin. I just licked the pop guard. Too. No, Dave. <laughs> uh, you know how sidetrack. You notice how yellow these pop cards are. Are we ever going to replace them, or we're going to wait till they're withering away and I, disintegrating to nothing? I think we should wait till the end of our entire endeavor with MacGyver before we place the pop cards on our. So microphone. a new pop card for every new series. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So Deegan picks up the receiver and he hears Pete on the other end, and he hangs up the phone. He picks up Sophia's purse and he looks around and he calls. He picks up the phone again. He kind of like Star sixty nines and gets the and gets the operator. Yeah. And tells the operator that he's a cop named Murphy. And he was investigating, uh, I think he said he was investigating a crime. Or a homicide uh, or something? Yeah, he was investigating a homicide, and he wants to know what the last call was. And he was like, well, the last call was made to the Phoenix Foundation. And I'm like, wait, so the operator didn't try to verify that there was a crime being committed and that a cop named Murphy was just like, she's like, like, yeah, no, that was a Phoenix Foundation. Hi, yeah, Phoenix Foundation, yeah, DXS number, blah, blah, blah. I I need you to get what, you know, like MacGyver did in one of those first episodes. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. like you didn't, like, I can't believe that that's not protocol. Like if a cop, somebody calls saying they're a cop, wouldn't you try to verify, like, sir, please hold, we're going to verify that there's a situation happening, right? Like, wouldn't you try? I don't know, yeah. I don't know. It just seemed a little weird that she was very willingly like, yeah, no, no, he, whoever that was called the Phoenix Foundation. Here's the number, DXS yeah. number. Oh, which okay. which is interesting because if it's Pete's secret line, like on his red phone. Right. I thought it would be like completely unlisted. You would think that because he doesn't probably doesn't give it out to anyone. No, it's probably she probably had to. You, I don't know if we see her dial, but like she probably had to go through a bunch of channels to get to this red phone. So yeah. she's like, it's probably something like five 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 extension five fifty five. Exactly, that's Pete for you. Ask for Pete. Just ask for Pete. Okay. So yeah, so he says uh, I want to investigate this homicide. Uh, I need to know the last call that came in. I need to know who she called. He's like, oh, that was the Phoenix Foundation. One eight hundred Thornton. One eight hundred Thornton for a good time. Call one eight hundred Dolphin. Dolphin. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So while this is all happening, we get a quick cutaway to Frog, who manages to somehow get himself out of his own collar, yeah. and then run away. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's possible for a dog. I've never owned a dog. This so dog I- is like the size of a big duffel bag. Oh uh, yeah, dog's a m- brick house. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> so the cops show up. Oh god, my! What the hell just happened? <laughs> so the cops show up with MacGyver and uh, and Pete in tow, and they're investigating Reynolds's death because apparently now we've confirmed that he's died, mm-hmm. and Pete tells MacGyver like hey listen here's the deal Sophia was a Bulgarian defector mm-hmm. in um, our relocation program because Foundation now has a relocation program. Oh I think they've had that many times. Have and they? I, and I like how they switched from uh, Russian uh, Soviet defectors to Bulgarian. To Bulgarian defectors yeah. right. The Bulgarian right. love police. <laughs> oh right. Bulgarian. That was the that was the Penny Parker episode. That's right. With Constantine. Bul- a Bulgarian love police. Um, so yeah so Sophia She's a defector, and she's part of the foundation's relocation program. Uh, so they, the reason she called Pete 
was because she cannot notify the police of what's really happening. Sure. Nor can Pete. They kind of have to keep this under wraps. They're gonna have, they are have to find Sophia. Because at this point, they think that the Bulgarians are after Sophia. They have mm-hmm. no idea what's actually happening. So they're, they're assuming that they've caught wind of who she is, and they're trying mm-hmm. to get her mm-hmm. to bring her back to Bulgaria. Yeah. So we kind of cut to the outside of the park, and we see these boots but we don't see the body. We see the boots and we see like a, the bottom of a trench coat like uh-huh. walk up to Frog's abandoned collar. And he picks it up and he looks at the dog tags and he re- he looks at the address. And I'm like, this is like, this. what is happening? Because we don't see this guy's face yet. We just see the boots and the coat. We see the hand come down and pick it up and the camera cuts to like behind the shoulder uh-huh. and we see the address. Right. And he knows that that's where he needs to go. <laughs> So Deegan and March show up um, at Sophia's address because they've gotten they got the address from um, from her purse, mm-hmm. and they don't find her there, but they do find a photo of Sophia with MacGyver at the houseboat. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a sassy little photo of, of Pete. Uh, of that's the other thing. If she's in witness protection, why is there a picture of she and MacGyver? I know, from right? The Phoenix Foundation in front of MacGyver's house. I know. Like, come like, on, and that she, that's in her purse. They did nothing to cover their bases. No, nothing at all. It's pretty bad, actually. So, well, that, but that's the Phoenix Foundation. Just remember. They're a think tank. That's all they do. They don't have much experience in the operational. If end we've of learned things. anything from the last four and a quarter seasons, hmm. they're just a think tank. They're just they do nothing. A think they do nothing tank. but research and development. They do not go into the field for anything. <laughs> so they find a Phoenix Foundation ID tag, and on that tag, it, it actually identifies Sophia as as a lab technician. Um, through the Phoenix Foundation, so Deegan and March head over um, to like the other, they're the exterior of the Phoenix Foundation, mm-hmm. and Deegan's talking to the guard, and we cut to a wide shot, and we see Sophia, who's on her way into the Phoenix Foundation, but she sees Deegan, and it's kind of like forced to leave, There's, which can't... is really interesting. Like she's just across the street, yeah. and sees these guys who have no no authority with anything with the Phoenix Foundation, asking the security guard at the front gate, "Have you seen this woman?" <laughs> and the security guard doesn't say anything. Like, let me see your credentials. Right. Who is this? I can't say whether or not she works here. Right. 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 Exactly. This Phoenix Foundation is like so full of holes in terms of <laughs> security. They've screwed up on so one, many levels. Wait, haven't we already deduced that they have one security guard on, like, on the clock at all times? That's yeah, it? One. Just one. Shared amongst like seven field offices. Plus, what, 18 levels below ground? Right. Exactly. They have no security there. Yeah, he just has his own like little, his own like personal dumbwaiter that goes up and down <laughs> so he can go to different floors. Just like floor one, clear. <laughs> floor two, clear. <laughs> All the way down. So I don't. Meanwhile, know. cars are driving into the parking garage. Yeah. And he's gone. this is what frustrated me. She's standing out there in the wide open, like across the street from the Phoenix Foundation Western Division. Like she's, of course. And the thing is, she just stumbled on it. That's what it looked like. It yeah. looked like she was walking down the street. Oh, absolutely. Oh, look, it's Phoenix Foundation. Oh wait, this is where I work. I should go in here. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the fact that she didn't hang around or didn't. The choices she made were idiotic. Right. Like, she didn't just wait for Deegan to leave because this security guard clearly didn't tell her, tell Deegan anything. So she could have waited for Deegan to leave Mm -hmm. and then run in and been like, oh my gosh, I need to find Pete Thornton. Like, well, okay, let's get you inside. You can stake out in here. Like, just stay here until we find it. That would have been perfect. But no, she ends up forcing, she's forced to leave for whatever reason. (laughs) So we cut back to Sophia's house and MacGyver's in there and, and... Obviously, Sophia's not in the house, but he does find out. He sees Frog has actually returned. Frog's brilliant, by the way. Oh, he's great. Frog is like Mensa. He's so yep. he's so smart. Frog has returned to the house. So he goes inside, and the guy that we've seen from earlier, the, the boots and the trench coat, mm-hmm. he ambushes MacGyver from behind and like, slams him up against the wall, yep. um, essentially mistaking MacGyver for Deegan because he thinks that Deegan has broken in and is trying to kill Sophia. <laughs> yeah. So he turns him around, like he flips MacGyver around, and it's an immediate moment of recognition from the like, Frank, MacGyver, MacGyver, what are you doing here? Oh, so we are introduced God. to the golden angel of this episode, <laughs> Frank Colton, Jesse Colton's brother. Yes, I and I I took it to be older brother. I, yeah, I would imagine he's yeah. the older brother. So does anybody remember who Jesse Colton was? I do. He was my favorite. Who was Jesse Colton, David? Jesse Colton was a bounty hunter, and he was in season four? 
I think so, yes. In the beginning, like way off in the He beginning. was way off in the beginning of season four. Basically, he was a bounty hunter hired by a guy to basically find this woman before MacGyver did. But he ended mm-hmm. up teaming up with MacGyver by the end of it. And then all of a sudden, they became best friends. Yeah. So, <laughs> so a friend of mine, we posted a photo of uh, this guy on Instagram. A friend of mine commented uh, that he looked a lot like the character Lord Bowler from Briscoe County Jr. I am unfamiliar with... I've seen Briscoe County, but I'm unfamiliar. was played by Julius Carey. Oh, okay. Who I just learned that he unfortunately passed away in 2008. Oh, poo. Which is too bad. But yeah, um, like big black trench coat, cowboy boots, um, just like this caricature of a bounty hunter with a sawed-off shotgun... (laughs) The same thing, like the whole the whole nine yards. It's kind of funny, uh, and, and <sighs> much like uh, much like Jesse was, yeah, much it's like a Jesse, ca- a caricature of what a bounty hunter was. Yeah, for sure. And so Frank MacGyver, Frank MacGyver, <laughs> they got married in the end of the episode. Wait, oh Harry, I'm not Harry MacGyver. Frank uh, Frank Colton is is Jesse's brother, and where's Jesse? Right, MacGyver asks, where's Jesse? Jesse is. I don't know if he's still in Hawaii from the season four episode uh-huh. or if he went back no but apparently jesse isn't is we're gonna assume he's still there frank said he's still in hawaii did he say he was yeah, still he's okay like, and then macgyver's like well why aren't you there right he's like i prefer the desert yeah <laughs> he's got his he's got his motivations which we get into shortly and so frank is basically taking over his brother's cases right because they're a family of bounty hunters which we learn in season seven that they are literally there's a family of bounty hunters i can't wait to get into this i can't wait it's gonna be amazing so i wonder yeah so we know that jesse is still there what so i have a couple questions so jesse never mentioned a brother and obviously there was a lot of time that passed between when jesse went to hawaii and this but he never mentions a brother how did he mistake him for deegan Deegan has short black hair. MacGyver has a mullet down to his ass. <laughs> and how does Mac know who he is? Like he never, like it's never been mentioned. Like they treat themselves like they're family. Like this, the Coltons are fucking nuts. I'm <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna assume that MacGyver met the family after that episode because there was a whole. Oh no, that's the one when what, that's the Dalton one, Ma Dalton. Oh, it was Ma Dalton. It was that's Ma right. Dalton. He was the only bright spot in that episode. That's right. right. Exactly. It was Ma Dalton. It was Ma Dalton when 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 Jack Dalton learns for the first time that his adopted mother still exists. And Jesse was the bounty hunter. He was trying to bring Jack's mom in to collect his reward. Exactly. That's right. what it was. Okay. So I think it's somehow through that. Maybe they all had a big. You know, they went and had a big steak dinner someplace. <laughs> I, I oh, wait, guess MacGyver's that, vegetarian, isn't he? He had some. They had whipped bean curds. He had some tofu pancakes. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah. So Frank is working on his brother's case. Basically, that's 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 what the family does when one goes down and the other one's like, oh, I, I, I got you, brother. Um. So Frank tells MacGyver, he's like, Listen, you have no idea how bad of a man Deegan is. Like, you really don't. You really don't understand this. And Frank mentions this map of the black to the black corsage and, and MacGyver. Feels like he'd be a really good asset to have if he knows what's going on. So mm-hmm. he does. He takes he takes Frank along to assist, and they also bring Frog with them. Of course they do. Frog is along for the entire rest of the episode. But this is interesting because right off the bat, Frank says that he's allergic to dogs. Right, because he sneezes within seconds. Yeah, and then Frank, MacGyver, and Frog all hop into the, be- the front of MacGyver's truck, and right. Frank isn't sneezing at all. He's fine. Nope. No. I don't think he sneezes again. Maybe one nope, more time maybe. over I, the episode. I don't think so. Um, so we cut to March going to a telephone station, like a switch, like a switchboard or a switch station, mm-hmm. and he basically gets in there and he taps Pete's private phone line. Uh, he taps the red phone. How? I don't. I don't know. So they, yeah, they know what what telephone exchange facility to break into and to know exactly how to tap yeah. an unlisted secret phoenix foundation phone number they knew exactly what they were doing oh they're professionals they are of course they are they're idiots so he calls he calls deegan and he basically updates him and tells him like hey listen like the phoenix foundation like we're involved in a pretty high security situation here like we need to we need to tread carefully over this um just kind of like watch what we're doing here so Mac and Frank go to the Phoenix lab, and they're now chatting with the same security guard who's like, oh, yeah, no, no, I know, Deegan, he was he was here a little while ago, and uh, so MacGyver checks in with Pete, 
And Pete has checked with his contacts because Pete's got contacts all over the world. And Pete's like, listen, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. He's like, the Bulgarians, they are not involved. They are not the ones who are trying to, they're not trying to get Sophia back. They're, it's not them. Uh, and at this point, we see Mac on the cell phone. Uh-huh. He's on a sexy ass cell phone, like the big blocky gray cell phone with a four foot antenna right and the battery is like <laughs> two-thirds of the weight the battery's like slung over his shoulder i think actually i think this might be the first show of a cell phone in this series well like a detached one like that not a car it phone. it might have been there have been plenty of car phones and stuff right but this seems like the first handheld cell phone in the series i might be mistaken but it's the first one it's the first one i've, I've noticed vivid, okay vividly rem- it's the first one i noticed David. It's okay. Anyway, uh, so MacGyver and Frank are like eating at an out there at an outdoor diner and they're just like they're chilling, they're talking, and he finally tells Frank like what what's going on. I, I, I love Frank. Like he's such a loudmouth bastard. He's just screams at the dog. He's like, Who asked you for help, frog face? And he's like screaming at all the people around him, he's screaming at MacGyver. And he finally tells Frank what's happening with, with Sophia. And he, so basically the story goes that Sophia's dad wrote a pro-democracy book mm-hmm. way back, I don't know how long, and the dad died under mysterious circumstances. So Sophia tried to publish said pro-democracy book, which was now then caught wind by Bulgarian mafia, whatever you want to call it. So MacGyver had to get her out of the country because of that. Okay. And the foundation set her up with a new identity. Now I'm thinking to myself, so I'm just going to say, my new identity is Dolphin. Hello. Yes. Monos, mo, like a single word, dolphin. Dolphin. Like MacGyver. Yeah. Sorry, that was completely out of the blue. <laughs> yes, David. I kept thinking to myself this time, I'm like, this would have been a cool episode. Like MacGyver trying to like get this woman out of Bulgaria. You could throw Frank in there for funsies, but mm-hmm. like this would have made a good episode. Like smuggle her out in like a makeup case? <laughs> yeah, like a Mary Poppins bag. Like- <laughs> just, shove her, just shove her into a duffel. Like, get down, sh- it, and it's like it's this, it's a bag like the size of a lunchbox, and it's super heavy. You just <laughs> can't even pick it up. <laughs> that is your episode right there. There you go. That would have been great. And he opens it up, and she's just like, <laughs> oh, he just like zips the bag back up and Ooh, wow. slides it off a bridge. <laughs> can't you know, they, they try to throw her on like, like it's checked baggage, and they're like, he's like, no, what? Because he can't make a stink about it. It's like, no, I'd rather carry that. No, okay, you can. Guess I can check it, sir. That Bro- the bottom flight. of that, the bottom of that is soaked. It's really red. Or Let's... it should be. It's like, yeah, I guess I can check you as baggage for the entire flight over the Pacific Ocean, <laughs> From Bulgaria to California. You'll be Whatever. fine. You'll be fine. Just you'll be totally just fine. Stay there. Just cut some air holes in the bag. You'll be fine. Right. Not to mention you're going <laughs> to freeze solid. <laughs> so Frank then explains to MacGyver that these four guys who were talking about it was uh, Deegan. March, Sims, and Reynolds, they hacked a computer security system to try and steal the Black Corsage. And we find out here that the Black Corsage is a necklace. Mm. And right in the center of the necklace is a rare black pearl. Yeah. And that's what they're going at. That's the Black Corsage. Well, it's the whole thing. It's like a corsage. It's like, you know, like it wraps over your shoulder and kind of down half your chest. And it's just this beautiful thingy. Right. It's a thingy. Right. And so Sims, uh, Sims was captured. The other three men disappeared. The corsage was never found, and then Sims was killed in prison. <laughs> so now the corsage is lost. They don't have the piece of the map to find what they need to find, mm-hmm. but they know that it's somewhere in in uh, in Expo Park because of the note that Sims wrote. Which is really interesting. So what what kind of timeline was that? I don't know because when we find out where the corsage is. Right. Brings up a lot of questions of how, how it could have been there. Right. So, anyway. So Sims is the one who hid the corsage, and he didn't tell any of the other three guys. Then he made the map and divided it into three pieces to make sure that those three guys were not going to like betray him. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to the problem that I found immediately. So Sims creates this map, divides it into three pieces so that they wouldn't find it. But in the note from earlier in the episode, he wrote that each of them had the piece of the map to lead them to the corsage. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Basically, Sims just led them to the corsage with the four pieces of the map. Right. But they all had it separately. Right. But why would he Why would he divide the map into three pieces so that they wouldn't be able to find it without him? You're right. You know what I'm saying? 
He You're divides right. this into three pieces so that they wouldn't find it and they wouldn't betray him. Yet in the opening of the episode, Deegan's reading this note that says, you all have three pieces of a map that when put together will reveal the position of the Black Corsage. Huh? <laughs> yeah, and then what? wouldn't they have asked, what is this little piece of a map here? Right. Because let's explain the map. It was basically three pieces of like, like clear acetate. It's like transparency paper. Right. Yeah. yeah. When you lay them on top of each other, they all line up and it points out like one might be the X marks a spot and the other two might have been like the landmarks. Right. And you put them all, <laughs> you put all four pieces over each other and mm. it reveals exactly where it is. So this kind of contradicts itself because he's divided this map into pieces so that these three guys wouldn't betray him. But the note was like, yeah, so here are the three pieces that will lead you to the corsage. I'm like what? It's like he should have had the thir- the fourth piece, right? Like in a safety deposit box, right? And he should have swallowed the key. Exactly. It's like, yeah, you want to get the key? Just give me eight hours and a cup of coffee, right? Exactly, exactly. And so we find out that the reason Frank is now trying to track down Deegan is Frank is working for the insurance company, basically the company that has like the insurance hold on the corsage to find it, mm-hmm. and he's in this for ninety grand. $90,000. Oh, I thought it was seventy five. No, you're right. It's he's 90. in it for $90,000. So he's working for this because he's going to collect the money from the insurance company. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to walk away with $90,000 if he returns the Black Corsage. I mean, the Coltons are high rollers. How much did how much did uh, Jesse, was he rolling for? I don't know. When he had to turn in Ma Dalton. I think it was less. It was like $25,000. Oh, right, because he kept going back and forth. Right. I think it was like twenty or twenty. It was like, yeah, so Maybe it even pushed thirty. So Frank's rolling for almost 100 Gs. To get this black corsage return, Frank, Frank, Frank. So <clears throat> we go to the train. You cut to a train station, and Sophia gets back on the phone and she calls Pete, and she's like, kind of going through her pockets. She's looking for change to try to make the phone call, and she pulls out the piece of a map out of her pocket. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking to myself, like, I know it's a thin piece of transparency paper, but at no point in this episode she has she put her hands in that sweater pocket, right, to find this map piece. Like, nope. Where- Okay, fine, whatever. So and she explains it to to Pete, and Pete's like, "Where are you?" And she, she's like, "Oh, I'm at the train station." And, and Pete's like, "Well, here's where you're going to meet MacGyver. There's a diner here. Da da da. You meet MacGyver at this diner. Go there now." Mm-hmm. And so before Sophia leaves, she takes the map piece and she like hides it in a cardboard cutout of the Statue of Liberty, and she like puts it in the mm-hmm. torch piece of yeah. the cardboard cutout. And the cardboard, it's just like an advertisement that's sitting there in the train station. Yeah, so yeah. Right in plain view, which is kind of cool. She just stuffs it in there and walks away. And it, I mean, and it's clear, so there's no way no, anyone's going to see it, you know, um, which I thought was a, was a nice little touch that she, that she kind of had the forethought to do that. Yeah. Um, so she, so Pete calls MacGyver, and he's like, hey, meet, meet Sophia here at this diner, and... At the same time this is happening, Deegan arrives at the diner, mm-hmm. and he just narrowly misses seeing Sophia because Sophia's there, and he walks by and he doesn't see he doesn't see Sophia. Yeah, and MacGyver is there, so she spots Deegan mm-hmm. in the diner because like she's hiding in the back. Did of the we just diner. mention that because the, because they they tapped Pete's phone, they know exactly what the plan is. Exactly. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, so she's like hiding now in the back of the diner and she sees Deegan and she's like watching to try to figure out what's going on and she slips out the back but catches the back of her dress on a nail and tears it. Of course. Oh, it's just funny because she just stands up and walks off into the kitchen and the, and the, the, the um, I was going to say nurses, the, um, the, the waitresses don't say anything. They're like, hey, what are you doing? And she just walks right out, snags her dress on a nail on a door, yep. of course, yep. and then vanishes. Right. So MacGyver and Frank and Frog are sitting in the truck and, and, and Mac gets out to go into the diner and he looks at Frank and he's like, you stay here, like don't get out of the car. And he and Frank are just like, Frank and Frog are just sitting in the van. I, I can see this as like as this beautiful, as this new sitcom, like The Misadventures of Frank and Frog. Oh, I would watch god. the shit out of that. Oh my god, The Misadventures of Frank and Frog. It would have been like a one season wonder, like oh, 13 episodes and that. Maybe eight episodes. It'd be canceled with They're it. They're like, yeah, this isn't working, we gotta this stop. It not work, it's literally just Frank and Frog running through the woods. <laughs> I don't understand it, it's not funny, we don't get it. Yeah, but so, you hear all the stuff Frank says? It's just quippy and right, and, and the really dog just barks and the dog barks at him. Like that's yeah. funny. No, no, that's not that's not funny. So MacGyver goes inside and he and he kind of like brushes shoulders with Deegan, and Deegan immediately recognizes MacGyver from the photo of mm. Sophia and Mac on the houseboat. 
So MacGyver goes in and he talks to the waitress. And the waitress at this point is like undressing MacGyver with her eyes. Yeah, she's, she's like, hey, oh, honey. Ooh, it must be my lucky day. And she's like getting all, <laughs> getting Which, all up in his case. Just like, ugh. Right. Uh, isn't that sexual? That's sexual like, do waitresses do that? I don't know. This I don't know. I mean, does. this was 89, but like that would have been grounds for sexual harassment. See, it goes both ways. It really does. It works both ways, guys. But the guys are kind of are just like, eh. Yeah, and so MacGyver's <laughs> like, "Hey, have you ever seen? Have you seen this woman?" And Sophia, her name is Sophia, and I think he shows her a picture, and he directs her. He's like, "Yeah, I think that's her. She went out. She went out the back. We saw her run." And he goes out the back, and Frank and Frog are coming around the other side. Mm-hmm. And he meets him in the alley, and Frog kind of like wanders around. And he kind of steps, goes up to the stairs, and he starts sniffing around like the door. And that's when they see the piece of Sophia's dress, and so then they start following Frog. And we get more of this. Frog- ah! Oh, get her! You're gonna find Sophie. Go get her, Frog! Go get, get her. her, Frog! You got this. I can't. I don't have the energy for this. But <laughs> they give Frog that. Ugh. Sorry again. <laughs> they give Frog that uh, that piece of dress so they can so he can find her. Right. Like a bloodhound, because Frog is a bloodhound. Right, because he's following the trail. Now, I didn't particularly think bulldogs were known for their sense of smell. Do you think he was a bullhound? <laughs> Ooh. A bulldog bloodhound mix. A bullfrog dog hound frog. A bullfrog hound. <laughs> bullhound frog. Bullfrog or hound frog. So yeah, that's exactly what he was. Frog hound. <laughs> he was a frog hound. <laughs> so he followed. Yeah. So like you said, Greg, he follows the trail, and Frank and MacGyver follow him, and then Deegan and March are in a car following behind because, of course, they don't get in the car to follow Frog. They run after him on foot. So we cut to Sophia. Oh man, she gets to a cannery. Oh, yeah. get get thee to a cannery. Like, so they run for an extended period of time. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden, the background changes. They're on a wharf, and Sophia runs into again another vacated, functioning cannery. Yeah, some sort of like fish processing plant. But it that clearly, where the doors are open. Yep, unlocked. She just like wanders in, uh. and so the Frank Frog and MacGyver. I'm going to put, oh man, Frank Frog and MacGyver find Sophia in the cannery and Deegan and Marge show up pretty quickly behind them because, they, of course, they've been driving. Right. So there's no reason why, there's absolutely no reason why Deegan and March should not have gotten there before Frank and MacGyver, who are on foot. Right. Or MacGyver at least should have gone back to get the truck and told cold Frank to run after Frog. Right. Right. Frank, you run after Frog. Right. Frank and Frog. Frank and Frog. Frank and Frog. Frank. Oh, also, it, it appears at this point that uh, that um, the Coltons in general, Frank and Jesse, their weapon of choice is the sawed-off shotgun. Right. Because it's at this scene where we see Frank pull his weapon out of his jacket pocket. Mm-hmm. Right, which I think, you know, it's illegal regardless if you're a bounty hunter or not. Right. Yeah, but they both have one. Frank and Jesse have now both pulled out a sawed-off shotgun. Which, jumping back, is uh, that's just like Lord Bowler from Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> so, Frog... So March is standing there, and they're like they're kind of kind of like having a face off. So it's like Frank and MacGyver on one side, and Deegan and March on the other side, and then Frog like runs over to March and starts like gnawing on his ankle, right? And like Fr- March is like Gah! like trying I to like, thought they were going to do- shoot Frog right there. I thought something bad was going to happen to the dog, but no, no. So Frank kind of like tries to get in the middle of it and intervene, but Deegan just t- takes his gun out, shoots Frank in the shoulder. Yeah, and just like takes him down pretty hard, mm-hmm. um, and the men are like the the guys are like, "Listen, Sophia, you got to give us the map piece. Like, we need mm-hmm. to know where it is. Like, tell us now." And she's like, "No, fuck off. I'm not going to tell you where this yeah. is." They tie up MacGyver and Frank very easily once again. No struggle. Well, we cut to commercial, right? I think we do. Just just about this point, we cut to commercial, and then we come back from commercial, and Frank and MacGyver are tied up back to back, lying on their side. On a conveyor belt. That leads to like a fish grinder, essentially. Right. <laughs> a fish grinder. Right. And they, they take Sophia because she refuses. Well, Sophia, basically they say, they say, look, you tell us where the map is and we'll let you go and you can come back and release your friends. You know where they are. Right. And she's like, okay. Right. And so they take her out, but Deegan kind of like doubles back after she tells them where the map piece is. Uh-huh. And he flips the machinery on, and then he leaves. But I love this. It's one of those like fucking stupid moments. The fuse in the breaker box was just like dangling out of the box, and like yeah. Deegan just walks over and just like pops it back, pops in. the fuse back. So in here's and the flips thing. The so if all this machinery was off, 
and like presumably the fuses were removed or disconnected so that it wouldn't be used. Right. Why were there fish all over the place? Right. If this is not active, and it wasn't cold in there. No, there are dead fish everywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't understand what these places are, David. I don't either. So, so Deegan flips the machine on, and they start just slowly moving down the conveyor belt. And we, we come back in, and they're heading towards the grinder. And well, here, here, yeah. mm, mm. here it comes. <laughs> I... I'm trying to decide if this is the greatest MacGyverism ever or the fucking stupidest MacGyverism but wait, ever. Before we get to the MacGyverism, <laughs> the whole sequence building up to it with Frog, I thought was fantastic. Yes. Oh, so, absolutely. MacGyver and Colton are back to back, tied up, lying sideways on a conveyor belt that's slowly moving towards this big stainless steel shredding auger thing. Yeah. That's shredding fish faces. Yeah. All right. So Frog is on one side, and MacGyver's like, oh, I see Frog. Let me see if I can get him. Oh, basically what he wants Frog to do is get him a hose. wants Frog to bring him the hose that's on the ground used for washing fish guts off so MacGyver can get it and spray the fuse panel to short it out. That's Mac- While their hands are tied. <laughs> right. He wants Frog, the bulldog, to do this. So Frog's on one side of the conveyor belt, kind of really can't do it, then disappears out of MacGyver's line of sight, right. which I think is hilarious. And comes out on the other end, so Frank can now see and him. And Frank's like, oh, he's over here now. He's over here now. Meanwhile, we're getting closer and closer. Like, I thought this whole sequence was great. And he's like, Frog, help me, help me with this. And there's there's a hammer or something. Like, it was a knife. It was a, a knife. knife. Frog, get me the knife. Get me the knife. Like, the dog understands what's going <laughs> right, on. Right, right. And Frog's like, and then Frog disappears again, and he can't see. And MacGyver's like, where'd he go? I don't know. He's gone. Like, there were, everything was relying on Frog. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> it was great. Um, and it was completely, like, just, like, inadvertent moments. Because then Frog ignores Frank, again, shocking. And he hits a lever, mm-hmm. which basically diverts the path. So they bypass the grinder, but go down a chute into a giant bin filled with dead fish. <laughs> now, this whole time this is happening, Frank's like, man, I hate fish. I hate fish so much like ever since they got into this warehouse he's complaining about how much he hates the smell of fish and fish in general it's hilarious and, and they so, end up in this big still kind of tied together so okay so here's where i can't this is what i was talking about a few minutes ago is this the worst macgyverism ever or the best macgyverism the ever absolute, for how stupid it is this is the Singular best MacGyverism. What does he do, Greg? So MacGyver, they fall into this big pile of dead fish, like not even gutted, like fish heads, all this stuff. But this one fish, MacGyver sees it. This one fish has a lot of really big teeth, so he grabs the entire fish and starts using its teeth as a saw to saw through the freaking bindings they have, the rope on their wrists, and he cuts himself free using a fish, using fish teeth. Got himself free. And you were, I remember this because I watched this. You had just watched it, and then you were like just watching me watch it on Google Drive. Yeah. So you were watching my notes. And at this point, I just wrote, Oh my fucking God. It's like, and all the while, like, like poor Frank has been shot in the shoulder. Right. He's like nursing a shoulder injury. Getting this, like, like, like horrible, like, fish brine in his wounds and stuff oh god it's just <laughs> awful so so they oh. get up and you know at this point like you imagine they reek like dead fish yeah but they know it would have been really funny if somebody mentioned it like so because at this point they get up and they leave and they, they end up going they they head to expo park because they assume that that's where that's where uh deegan and, and Reynolds, uh, not Reynolds, deegan and march and sophia are headed because right. they know that the corsage is there and i would have been great if like they get there and the smell of the fish gives them away because <laughs> they funny. never mention it again. They get there, so Frank's been shot in the shoulder, and I guess he's been like sealed up from the fish oil because yeah. they don't go to the hospital, and he's fine. Right? Um, yeah, I think that would have been hilarious because I go hide behind like a popcorn stand, Pete's popcorn stand. Pete, it says Pete's popcorn, <laughs> and I was like, I wrote fish popcorn because I'm like they're greasy and they must be covered in this stuff. <laughs> so, uh, uh so we don't know how... F- okay, so MacGyver and Frank went to the cannery from that little restaurant. Right. Right? But we don't know how far that little restaurant is from Expo Park. Or the cannery from Or the Expo. cannery, right. So ma- they're just running all over town. So they arrive in record time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Power of fish oil, baby. And like they hide behind the carousel and they're watching. And, and at this point, 
uh, March and Deegan have, have found the piece and they've put the pieces together and find out that the corsage is hidden in the center of the carousel. Which is amazing. I thought this was cool. That was really, really so, cool. Uh, anyone see the movie Big? Where the you know where yeah. the, the the genie thing yeah something kind of like that looked like that in the center column of the carousel you know they're all decorated with stuff yeah and there was like a mannequin in there with the cors- corsage draped on in it. plain sight and they commented on that they're like wow he hit it in plain sight it was I thought that was a brilliant move except my one note here was like I think it's hysterical that no one noticed a necklace appearing out of nowhere right in the center of and the that, carousel and that brings me back to how long ago did he hide it there how long ago has this Right. There's that. no time frame as to like when Sims went to prison mm-hmm. or like so he, he hides the corsage, then goes to prison, then gets killed. There's no timeline. Right. So we don't know how long this thing has been hiding in plain sight. Right. But regardless, the fact that he hid it in plain sight mm-hmm. and I had no idea that it was there. Right. And at the beginning of the episode, they're standing in Expo Park. And had the faith that no one would either recognize it or open that box and change anything. Right, exactly. Because it was just there, this, you know, small little, like, display case, really. Yeah, it was It was pretty cool. So March just goes right up to the center of the carousel, grabs the corsage, and MacGyver and Frank are, like, kind of, like, underneath the carousel platform. Yeah. Just, like, kind of, like, waiting it out. And so Deegan is now planning to kill March, mm-hmm. but MacGyver flips on the carousel, and Frank knocks March out. And what does he does he when he flips the carousel on does does Deegan come flying out of the car? I don't remember yeah, what something happens. Something like that. Like he starts running through the carousel because the whole thing's moving. People get punched. People get knocked out. Right. Blah 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 blah. MacGyver grabs the corsage from March. Right. Deegan from Deegan and runs by and then takes off. Right. And he's like kind of like he's like waving the corsage at Deegan trying to like draw the fire away so Sophia can escape mm-hmm. and like MacGyver runs into this I think it was an arc- like an it arcade was, it was called Urban Adventure Arcade the Urban Adventure Arcade in this big kind of mall that's completely deserted and the Urban Adventure Mar- Arcade looks like it was just built in like the lobby yeah out of no, it's like there's nobody around. It's the lobby of a convention center. That's <laughs> what exactly, it's, exactly. It was like a convention center with nobody in it. I think what's really funny is a lot of these episodes end up feeling like they're post-apocalyptic because of nobody around. Right. There's no one there. Never. Never. Ever. I feel like it's the. Never. Mi- I feel like it's the middle of the day, and no it one's is. there. So he finds a booth like he finds one of like the shooting gallery like uh and he he rips the cable off of one of the guns to the shooting gallery and he yeah. ties the corsage to the wiring yes and i thought something was going to come into play like electricity wise but it was more just so that it would divert deegan enough so that deegan could try to untie it right right and slow him down right. and so what he does then is he like he rigs the canopy that's like above the shooting gallery and he kind of like he rigs it up he puts like a pole on top of the canopy to hold it up and then he takes a cable mm-hmm. he ties it around the bottom of mm-hmm. the pole and he runs over and he like hides at some other po- like on some other, pl- right. some other so point of the arcade anyone's been to a fair you know like all the little booths like the do- the side of it opens up that becomes the actual booth and when it closes up like the roof becomes like the door and it closes down that's what it did he propped that up and and did it in such a way that he could yank the support out right so cool so he takes a so shirt so good macgyver so, so mac takes his shirt off <laughs> yeah he he's, he's been doing that a lot more. He really has, but he's not wet though. Like with fish guts, he should be. He, he should, should be, be like shiny with fish scales and I fish know guts. fish teeth sticking out of his skin. Yeah. So he opens slowly getting pink eye. <laughs> he opens the door to the outside, drops his shirt right in the door, like right over the threshold of the door, and then he pulls the fire alarm so that Deegan would have to like look, and he kind of like looks around at where it's coming Which from. Which is crazy. Okay, like why? Why bother? So why not just be like, if, if, yeah, like why not just be like Deegan? Yeah, over here, right? Instead of go hide, pulling the fire alarm. Which for Deegan, I would think for Deegan, I'd be like, shit. Okay, so it it motivated him to run to find MacGyver because right. now the fire and police department are going to be showing up. Yep. Um. So a lights a fire under his ass, but I, I would also be thinking it could scare him away. Right. But it didn't, and he ran right up to MacGyver's shirt that was on the ground. He's right. Like, oh, this isn't a trap. That smells like fish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they really played that up more. They should have. So he sees the corsage and he runs over and he's like trying to untie it from the electrical wiring. And Mac pulls the pole, releases it, drops the canopy down on top of Deegan, which renders Deegan like not unconscious, but stunned enough so that MacGyver can come over, disarm him, mm-hmm. and get the corsage back. And 
and uh, ooh, coffee, and that's it. And that's it. And we cut. We cut to commercial, and then we come back, and Sophia's like packing up her house because she's got to relocate. Right. <laughs> Dolphin's got to move. Dolphin on the move. And she's like, "Well, I, I guess it's time for me to go, but I, I can't. I can't take the dog with me." Right, because it's obvious. It's like if they see a, a girl in that dog. Right. It's like you. It, it, it's it's pretty obvious. So she's like, "Well, we're, what's going to happen to the dog?" And so she leaves, and they're going, "Well, I guess, um, I guess we're going to have to. Uh, I guess we're going to have to put it in the pound." I, I, right. I guess that's the best way to do it, and uh, and we're we're met with uh, with this with this wonderful closing line because um, MacGyver's like, no, I don't want that dog. It's, it's, it's too drooly. I don't want that thing. And Pete's like, I love Pete's such a dick. <laughs> he, Pete's such an asshole in this point because <laughs> Pete's like, no, I don't want the dog. It's it's too ugly for me. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want that Aww. thing. No way. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And so at this point, Frank kind of gets wind to what they're trying to do, and we're met with this. You guys trying to con a con. Hey, Frog, what do you say, boy? You want to come home with Uncle Frank? I don't think he understands you, Uncle Frank. Try to be yourself. All right, you lousy, no good excuse for a dog. Get your ugly mug in the car. (laughs) (laughs) So Frank takes the dog that he's fucking allergic to. Stock up uh, on the Benadryl, Frankie baby. And that's the end of Briscoe County Jr. And that's... Uh, Wait, oh, wrong show. That's it. Do you like this episode, Greg? I'm just going to say, Christy called it. She's like, Frank and the and Frog are going to end up together. Of course. She knew it from it like... It made complete all sense. All the way through. Um, did I like this episode? Did you like this episode, Gregory? <sighs> so I had a lot of fun talking about it with you. Yeah. But I thought it was one of the dumbest, most frustrating episodes I have ever seen, and so hokey and goofy um, that for my mullet rating, I really didn't explain anything. I gave it only two mullets, Okay, and the two mullets were because of the fish. (laughs) That's it. Really? I really... uh, (laughs) No, that's... I really didn't... I thought it, it was just so goofy, like these... It was sitcom quality plot which is really shitty and coming off the high of the premiere right where it's like dude searching for the holy grail right and then you get like i'm like what is happening right now we're gonna go chase a dog into a cannery and we're gonna you know cut ourselves loose with fish teeth and the blah 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 and like just this like again too many facets to the story just made it unbelievable and goofy yeah i didn't like it so i'm torn and I'm still now a week later after we've watched this, I'm really torn because on the one hand, and I know that you're in a disagreement on this one, but I like the Coltons. I loved, I like Frank and MacGyver's repartee. I liked their back and forth together. I'll give you that. The, okay. But the bad guys were fucking idiots. Yeah. I hated them. Like, I thought they were so dumb. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, and I'm really torn. Like, do I, did I really like it? But, like, I think Frank and MacGyver were enough with their with their banter to sort of elevate it above bad episode but it was way below like yeah. superior so i get i gave frank and macgyver a mullet i gave it a mullet for the fish teeth <laughs> and i gave chauncey a mullet <laughs> it's fucking, all right it's fucking chauncey. i'm gonna bump it up to two and a half i'm gonna <laughs> bump it up to two and a half because Who, chauncey is worth mentioning all right so i gave mine a three it's a middle, and again, I didn't think it was. They Frank and MacGyver really did lift it above that level for me. I just didn't like sort of the overall episode around them. I thought I think I think the Coltons could have had a really good like. And again, I'll be interested to see what happens when the Coltons have their own standalone episode, right? Because oh, I think God. I think Frank comes back one yeah. more time. So we've met. Have we met three Coltons at no, this point? Only two, as far as I know. Only two? I thought so. Oh, you know what I was thinking? What? Oh, that's terrible. I thought Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character was a Colton. Oh, no, man. No. No, that was but from... But I think uh, he's what, in oh, the... What, oh, what was that? Um, that was the challenge. The challenge, right. But I swear, I thought he was a Colton, but for some reason, and I know I'm incorrect on that, Yeah. but I know that Cuba Gooding Jr. is back in the Colton's episode okay. as a Colton. I think that's why I'm confused. Interesting. Anyway... Three out, three out of five for me. I thought it was a pretty average episode. I just, I really like the Coltons, and I hope we see more of them mm-hmm. with MacGyver. I think I hope we meet the third Colton, and maybe Ma Colton. Okay, I yeah, would Ma be, be really fun to see that. So, so uh, I gave it a three. Uh, uh, okay, so yeah, uh, mine was two point five. Isn't great, but Chauncey, like, 
Every time I hear that word or the name Chauncey now, yeah. Have you ever watched Wondershausen? Yes. The character Chauncey from Wondershausen. Yes. <laughs> That's all I can think about because I have the DVD, the the box set or the DVD of like season one. Yeah. And you open it up and there's Chauncey laid out like Burt Reynolds in his Playboy centerfold, <laughs> and there's a big heart shaped like fuzzy like like oh that's amazing thong on him with <laughs> candles and stuff and there's chauncey oh that's great it's beautiful <laughs> um greg do you want to hear what's coming up in the next episode i do all right next episode is season five episode four ceasefire in geneva macgyver is wounded and framed as a sniper in an assassination attempt but then he meets an american schoolgirl and enlists her help in clearing his name i can't wait it's gonna be great <laughs> it's gonna be a great episode i hope I hope the season's good. I do, too. I really do, too. So that's going to wrap it for episode 86. Um, if you liked what you heard, uh, please let us know. You can find us on Facebook at Champ and Climb Blow Your Mind. You can find us on Twitter at Blow Your Mind 14. You can email us, let us blow your mind at gmail.com. You can find us on champacline.com where you can find all of our archived episodes as well as um, our flagship show, Champ and Climb Blow Your Mind, and our 24 hour podcast, The 1440. You can also find us on Instagram at Champa Klein. Uh, we're posting pictures a couple times a week of various images from MacGyver, the fun, the fun ones, um, the best ones we can find. So that is definitely going to wrap it up for us this week. So for uh, Mullets and Memories, I am Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Have a fantastic week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time for a